everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. And this is the show where we like to talk about streaming services and hidden gems that you can find on those services. It's so much fun. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, hey there. Hello there, stranger. It has been a minute, hasn't it? (laughs) Yes, it has. I was out of town, went to uh, New York City. It was super fun. And then I had my interview with Zach Parrish last week on Friday. So I hope you all enjoyed that. I really enjoyed getting to talk to him and because I loved us again so much and it was just fun uh, to get to talk to him. So it's been two weeks since we have uh, chatted and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. So how have you been? I have been doing really good. Uh, by the time this airs, it's going to be a week until a week before Easter or a week and a day. And uh, it's going to be a busy week for me because, you know, as a Catholic, it's pretty much the biggest day of the year. He has risen praise and all that. But um, but I'm actually doing another run. It's, I'm going to be doing the Easter Beach Run. It's a 5K. So earlier this year, I did the 5K at the Daytona International Speedway. It was so much fun. So this year is all about me doing things I'm not super comfortable with and running is one of them. And it has a bit of a double meaning for me, the Easter Beach Run, because the last time I did it, I was a lot, I was a lot heavier and now I'm actually in pretty decent shape. So I'm going to, I'm going to be tackling it in much better condition. So I'm just going to, I'm going to run my, I'm going to run my heart out the day before Easter. That's awesome. That's going to be fun. I'm also starting to prepare a little bit for upcoming races. I've got the Great Salt Lake uh, Open Water Swim, uh, which is is always very intimidating. And uh, so I I made a goal that this next week I'm going to swim at least twice, maybe hopefully more, but uh, at least twice. That's my goal. We'll see. But uh, hopefully... Uh, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try. <laughs> it just, it, it takes a lot of planning to actually get swims in sometimes. It, when it comes to swims like this, do you all like swim to a point, turn around and then come back? Or is it like an actual course? It depends. We've done it both ways. We'll probably do a, a loop this time because, and we've done it last few times because the water has been so low that it just hasn't been deep enough for us to do a straight shot one mile. Uh, across, uh, but uh, but if we have done straight shots before, uh, so it, it kind of just depends uh, what they do. For the Deer Creek swim, which is in August, it's always a loop. Well, that sounds great. I'll, I'll be uh, rooting for you from far. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you're coming in June, you can join in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, well <laughs> June 12th. Actually, well, actually, Thinking about it, uh, how was New York? I saw on your social media you went to see Phantom, which I'm jealous. I I saw when I was younger. I've always wanted to go back. Yeah, it was so much fun. So I got there on Thursday around, my flight got in on Thursday around four four o'clock, but they were kind of hesitant for us to get any tickets for Thursday night just in case there was delays or whatever. And, and so I hadn't gotten anything, but then I got to the city. We made pretty good time. It was around six o'clock. And so I thought, well, I want to find something that's at eight o'clock versus seven o'clock because six o'clock getting there at six o'clock for a seven o'clock show would be kind of rushed. And, and so I saw that Phantom was at eight o'clock 
And so I, I decided to go for it and they still had seats and, and I had a great time at Phantom. It was so much fun. The talent was incredible. The spectacle was just so great. And it really was very nostalgic for me because the very first musical that I ever saw uh, was with Broadway musical was with my grandma. She had given me the uh, Christmas before a best of Andrew Lloyd Webber cassette tape. <laughs> and I loved it, of course. And uh, we went to see Fan of the Opera in San Francisco. And that was just amazing. So it was very nostalgic for me. And it was also nostalgic because I went and saw the Music Man revival on my trip. And I had been with my grandma and my cousin uh, had been on a very special trip in 2000 when they did another revival of the Music Man with Craig Birko and Rebecca Luker. And I saw it there with them. And so getting to see Music Man again was very emotional for me and brought back a lot of memories. That was a lot of, a lot of fun because they both passed now, my cousin and my grandma. So it was, it was really neat to get to see it again. Yeah. My condolences for your losses on those, but um, I remember it was uh, seeing Phantom for me was tied into a whole big thing where we were doing Broadway workshops all day. And so we didn't, we had like a couple days for touristy stuff, but then the rest of the time we were like in these little holes in the wall in the city and like in Gramercy, I think I, I can't remember, but, um, but it was, it was so much fun. Like as a theater kid, you were just like, it was like we were in the promised land. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah, it was, I agree. It was, it was really fun. And I think that's the special thing about, shows like Phantom is they've been there so long that at this point they have a lot of nostalgia and memories to attached to them. So it was a great trip, uh, very well planned by, I went with this group called Utah Theater Lovers and uh, we had uh, meet the artists every day for the shows that we were seeing that day, uh, which was really fun. Uh, we had uh, a walking tour Broadway that was very well done. It was so cold, like, freezing out. The Monday that I was there, they had the coldest temperature in New York City since 1893 on that day. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it was so cold. This Florida boy could not handle that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no siree, Bob. <laughs> well, why don't you tell the folks listening what we are doing today? It's kind of a special episode of Hidden Gems. Well, two weeks ago, you gave me five of your picks to react. Now the flip had... The, the script has been flipped, excuse me. Uh, now it's my turn to give you five of my picks for you to react to. And this time around, I think I may have went a little too hard, but I gotta give you credit. You watched all five and you're still standing. So I give you, like, give you nothing but respect. And I keep telling you this, you're stronger than you realize. I know you're the queen of Hallmark and God bless you, that's amazing, but I, f I feel like if you take a walk on the wild side, sometimes you're into a lot more than you like to let well, on. Well, I feel like I know that I'm strong. I feel like everybody else pigeonholes me into a spot where I'm not strong because, because I, because I'm Mormon, because I like Hallmark movies, then they, they have this, I feel like sometimes they, people treat me like I'm a child, you know, that, oh, I can only like, you know, nothing grown up at all. And, and uh, I don't, I, I get kind of annoyed by that. And that's been one of the liberating things about covering Sex and the City with my friend Jax 
that we have this show called City Girls Pod that we've been doing. And I, I think it's it's been very liberating to me to be able to be like covering everything basically. <laughs> because yeah, I'm not a child. Mm-hmm. And, and not gonna lie, there are some dark stuff in like the Disney canon, like Hunchback of yeah, Notre Dame. Wow. They, like that, they go about as near to the knuckle as you could pop probably get. And mm-hmm. the Hunchback of Notre Dame is inherently a dark story. But even for Disney, I was just watching it like, wow, Disney, like you remember you're a family company, lest we forget. Yeah. It's all about how it's handled. What are the the themes? What are the... Uh, I mean, there's it, there's a difference between something that tells a compelling story with compelling characters. Uh, I mean, are the characters, if it's sensuality, are the characters married? What are they, you know, what is it trying to say? Uh, I don't know. They, to me, there's something different uh, than just, you know, like Fifty Shades of Grey or something like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But um. So. Let's uh let's dive into the five. Yeah, did you have any method to your madness as far as uh, picking for me this time? Um, like I said, I just wanted to test you to see what uh, what crazy stuff I could throw your way and see what the limit was. And honestly, I, I give you nothing but respect. You you watched all five of them, and it was fantastic. So let's uh let's, let's dive. Do it. All right, let's do it. First up is Starship Troopers. This was directed by Paul Verhoeven, uh, a very prolific sci-fi director. Uh, and he's honestly one of my favorite sci-fi directors. He directed RoboCop. He also directed uh, Total Recall, which I recently watched for the first time and loved. And he was just one of those that just, he took a sci-fi story and he added twists in there, like twists of satire, twists of commentary. And you could take, Something like, say, Starship Troopers. It's basically, on the face of it, a movie about good-looking people shooting at bugs. But there's more to it than that. It's actually deeper than people give it credit for. So what did you think of Starship Troopers? Well, this is the last one that I watched of the five. I just watched it this morning. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, this was my least favorite. <laughs> it's kind of funny you started with this one. <laughs> Um, this is the first of his that I have seen. Of course, I've heard about, you know, Showgirls and I've heard about, you know, some of his other films. I don't know. I just got tired of it. I felt like it was very repetitive and kind of ram-homed the same thing over and over and over. I didn't feel like it needed to be so long, two hours, nine minutes. Um, and it was just so violent and... I don't know. It just wasn't for me. I didn't love it. No, no, I I totally get that. And I I love Sean Chandler, his reaction to your tweet of, just watch Starship Troopers and I didn't like it. I just love, it's just like five or six shocked face emojis. I thought that was great. (laughs) I didn't even see that. That's funny. (laughs) But, uh, But I do understand, like, I understand why. I think because... Paul Verhoeven is such a good director. People think is like, oh, it's just one thing. When people think a RoboCop, it's just, oh, it's a robot cop. What's more to it than that? I think Starship Troopers is not as good as RoboCop or Total Recall, but I still think it has merit. And it especially, especially if you think about it and think on the deeper stuff, 
it does get a whole lot better. Yeah, I mean, my friend, critic Delonzo Duraldi, he says, for me, it works best as a satire of wartime propaganda dressed as a contemporary sci-fi action adventure. But as always, your mileage may vary. And I understand all of that. I just, I just felt like that was its one note and it just playing that note over and over and over again. And I just got tired of it. I felt like it would have been like a robot chicken sketch or, you know what I mean? Like something like that, like a little bit, it would have been fun, but at two hours, nine minutes, I don't know, just didn't have enough for me. Yeah. I, and I, I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> well, it, 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 uh, it rings true for me. I love, uh, Casper Van Dien is in there. I like him. I, I always love seeing Michael Ironside in most of the things that he is in. He's, a good like no Patrick like, Harris oh yeah I, I did forget he is in there and he's <laughs> good in here as well yeah yeah I get the appeal and I don't know and I'm not a big bug person so maybe that's part of it like that, I'm not a big comma, bug person <laughs> I'm I also not a big bug person <laughs> I imagine the studio must have been like Hello, Campbell's. I'm going to need all of your split pea soup. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there were some really gross stuff. <laughs> but anyway, um, next up I gave you... Where would it rank for you out of the five? Oh, I give it at least a four and a half. No, like, I mean, out of the, how would you rank the five movies? Where oh. would you put out of... Well, looking at my list, I think I would have to put it... Hmm, I think I probably put it third, just just the third out of the five that I gave you. Well, anyway, let's move on now. Right. To, let's move on now to Logan, which is a movie that you were going to watch anyway for your blind spot pick, but I guess my react my choice just gave you more impetus to watch it. It's been big upped, it's been praised nearly to death. So now that you've seen Logan, did you love it? I think it's a really good film. I do. Yes. I totally see why people like it. It's we got very a live well. one, folks. We got a live one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well made. Uh, it's uh, it's probably not one I would ever watch again, just because it's just not the kind of movie that I typically, you know, watch a lot. It's so violent uh, and just so grim. But I, I, I definitely appreciated it, and especially where. Wolverine has has gone in his journey um and then the relationship with the young girl yeah good. x23 yeah that's the that's the heart of the movie because x23 played by Daphne Keener who I hope she gets more roles after this because she's awesome like she doesn't speak and then she speaks and the relationship between the two is just it's it's great it really is and I could get why why people wouldn't be crazy about this it is a very dark movie it is like when people were like where's our rated r wolverine movie here you go this yeah. is about as close to a rated r x-men movie as the studio will probably allow and i i consider this movie to be a bit of an end of an era because soon ap after this movie was released of course uh, of course fox would do more x-men movies to little success let's just be honest but um but i think this is the end of hugh jackman as wolverine i say i think because 
example, with the Doctor Strange trailer hearing Patrick Stewart as Professor X, we do not know what's going to happen. There is a part of me... And with multiverse. There is a part of me that really does not want want Hugh Jackman to come back because he left in the best way you could ever ask for. And so if he does come back, even for... If it's like a cameo, okay, fine. But I just... Like, it's weird because, like, if he comes back, it kind of undoes Logan. However, if they recast him, it's going to be immediately compared to Jackman. So it's... Well, and I feel like they already did the cameo Wolverine in Apocalypse, and that was terrible. So I feel like he's already taken that risk once before, and it was bad. And it was kind of uh, funny. Eric LaSalle is in this, and he was just in a Hallmark movie a couple of weeks ago, so it was kind of fun to see him. Uh, and, uh, And then I thought Richard E. Grant was so good in this movie. Yeah, he's great. It's it. His role is actually pretty limited, but I mean, it's Richard, really good. It's yeah. Richard E. Grant, so of course he's good. Because people but, were saying, "Oh, Patrick Stewart should have got nominated for Best Supporting Actor." I would say Richard E. Grant was better, even than Patrick I, Stewart. I disagree slightly, but I do see where you're coming from on that. And I was I he was so good. Yeah. What did you think of? I, I was actually going to ask you what you thought of Patrick Stewart and. And, and yeah. I thought he was putting in some of his best work as Professor X because he goes from this dignified gentleman to like this old man. And it's it's so like sad to see. And it's especially sad because like when he does use his powers, it's so to the extreme that everyone get, just gets paralyzed. Like even Logan, who's impervious to pain, is like just struggling to try and get the professor to stop. And it's heavily implied in this world, at least, that Professor X did a really bad thing and, like, had a part in killing off the X-Men or in some form or fashion. It's never really fully explained, but it's, it's yeah. dark, 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 dark stuff. It didn't even seem like Professor X to me. Uh, it just seemed like a totally different character than his character in, like, Days of Future Past. Well, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, they have his voice in the Doctor Strange trailer. He's clearly in it. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. I believe they're going to go the Immortals route and have, like, Professor X and Reed Richards, I'm calling it now. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And this was the one I where know. it was like, all right, X-Men's going to take a new direction. And they did not. And then we got, got Dark Apocalypse Fe- after this? Uh, no, before. before this. It was 2016. It. Logan was 2017. Okay. After this was uh, after this was Dark Phoenix, which I didn't love, but I thought it was just okay. But everybody despises this. And then there was there was the Deadpool movies. Actually, Deadpool came out the year before, and it was Deadpool two, which I just don't like. No, I haven't seen. I technically haven't seen either of the Deadpool movies. I saw Once Upon a Deadpool. Uh, which was like the the PG-13 whatever version, and I hated it <laughs> of Deadpool 2. So, I mean, and I, I know that's not a good uh, barometer of Deadpool, but from what I saw, I was like, ooh, this is really annoying. Um, so <laughs> I one of these days I'll have to make it a blind spot and I'll have to see Deadpool. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. It's 
very violent, but it mm-hmm. is also incredibly funny. But uh, but that'll be another story. I, yeah, at least Deadpool two, I did not care for. Well, the the version I saw of it. Yeah, if you're gonna see any version of it, watch the uncensored version. Don't watch like the PG thirteen version, like with that weirdly parody parodies the Princess Bride for reasons. So lame. <laughs> But anyway, let's uh, let's move on to. So, is Logan your number one? If you were ranking these five, it actually uh, yes, it is my number one. I have a lot of love for this movie, and and interestingly enough, I don't know what you're feeling on the color grading of the movie is, but there's actually a black and white version that came with. The oh movie. yeah, so is that good? I have not seen it, but I just it was this and Mad Max Fury Road, which got a black and white. Parasite. Edition and Parasite as well. It just, I don't know how to feel about that. I, I think I will see it one day, but it just feels like the color just adds to Logan. Like it adds to Mad Max. So I'll watch it one day, but it just seems like a weird flex. But anyway, that'll be another. It's story. kind of a fun, fun idea, but yeah. It is a good idea, but um, then let's, let's talk about, we need to talk about Kevin. And I should oh. get this out of the way now, uh, the the whole Ezra Miller shenanigans have broken by the time this episode is aired, and just just in case you all like get on my case, I gave Rachel an out. I told her if she wanted to, me to recommend something else, I absolutely would. And at first I, I was like, that. and at first I was like, uh, should I consider? And I'm like, you know what? Just for experiments, let's see what happens. And I did not envision the whole Ezra Miller situation playing out and and so I just want everyone to know I gave Rachel the choice that if she wanted me to recommend something else then she was more than happy to I appreciate it I do anyway yeah this movie this was probably one of the most stressful movies I've ever watched in my life that that's a completely like (laughs) that's a completely accurate reaction right there (laughs) It's very well made. But it was like, oh my god! <laughs> yes, it's about this evil baby, evil child. The child is so bad. Ooh. And of course, then once it gets up to the big moment where uh, you know he's violent, uh, and she just kind of like watches in just shock watches it play out and it's like how much responsibility do parents hold when they're raising a psychopath yeah and this is something i noticed is um tilda swinton's character was not exactly ready to have a child she wasn't exactly a big fan of it to begin with so i i don't want to say the responsibility falls on her because i mean you give people free will, they do with it whatever they want, but it's not exactly a blame. She's not exactly blameless in the whole thing, but it just, this is a movie that I recommend to people watch once and then probably never again, just to see what their reaction is to it. Because Lynn Ramsey did a great job directing this. The cinematography is great. The acting is well done, especially from Tilda Swinton, who I mean, crushes it in pretty much everything. But yeah, this is one where people are like, like if they tell me, oh, I hated this, I totally get why. This is a 
this is a tough watch. I remember I was actually sitting in this room when I watched it for the first time on my old computer because I had just discovered what Hoopla was and I found it and I just watched Chris Stuckman's review of it and I saw his review of it and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to watch this. And the entire time, like I was just the, the big eyes emoji, like that one where it's like, yeah, that was me throughout the whole thing. Well, yeah, when I messaged you, I'd, I'd watched it. You're like, yeah, that's work. <laughs> it, it, it's hard work. That's it's hard work. <laughs> but it, what do you think? Do you think that she, she's responsible for this violent event? You know, she, do you hold her character responsible for, for this? Or is this, you know, it's kind of a nurture versus nature debate of like, how much is she responsible for this child versus he is who he is from the beginning, from the time he's even a baby? That's a, that's a tough question because you, there are good points on both sides of that argument. I think in the movie itself, like I said, Tilda Swin's character is not exactly enthused with the idea that she's pregnant, especially with John C. Riley, who God bless his soul. Like his character is the only really redeemable person in this whole thing give him credit but at the same time it's like till swinton doesn't really do her any her character any favors but at the same time ezra miller's character is just a terrible person so it's just like the two forces just doing this they're both equally evil in their own unique ways it's just evil in different designs if that makes any sense at all i mean do they if they start out when they're a baby, there's nothing she can do about that. But I don't think that that's actually accurate. Even people that are serial killers and psychopaths and stuff, like, I don't think that, that that's just who they, they were and they have no real agency, as you were saying earlier, that like no real agency about becoming a psychopath and becoming a serial killer. Uh, And uh, they, I don't know, but there are definitely certain people that are maybe more likely to go down that route, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, there is a channel that I subscribe to on YouTube called Biographics, and every so often the channel will cover a serial killer, someone like an Ed Gein or a John Wayne uh, or... Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, yes, him. And the core there is a correlation between their childhoods and their eventual acts and their childhood was not pretty however in we need to talk about kevin tilda swinton's not exactly the best mom in the world but she does try to provide so she at least is making an effort so i don't think there's any way we can accurately answer the question of the whole nature versus nurture thing. I guess in the words of Michael Caine from The Dark Knight, some men just want to watch the world burn. Well, and I felt bad for, for Celia, I think it's Celia, Celia or Silly, the little girl. I was like, <laughs> oh, keep her away. Yeah, yeah, poor, that, that poor little girl, really. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting film. I I agree with you. That's not one I would ever want to watch again. And it was so stressful. Just like with each, starting with when he just won't stop crying. That alone like makes you so stressed, and uh, and her lack of sleep and the way he just watches her and is so creepy. <laughs> 
It's like straight Damien from The Omen type. Yeah, I've never seen that, but I kept feeling that. But uh, well, what? Where would you? Which one? Would where would you put this one of the five? Oh, that was the hardest. The hardest one. I think I would have to go four, just because, like I said, the quality is outstanding, but it's the content that is just continual continuously distressing not just to me but to clearly you and to a lot of people who have yeah. seen this and it it is especially aged well considering the whole Ezra Miller situation which I yeah that's that adds a layer of creepiness it's true which I won't be talking about here it is well above <laughs> my pay grade I'm just saying that the whole that DC has a decision to make especially come around November time but that's another conversation for another time but anyway, let's move on to, I guess, something a little more lighthearted, even though it's sort of not. It's uh, it's Bernie. This is directed by Richard Linklater, who, I mean, we all know who he is. And Rachel, you actually just watched, you actually just, you actually just watched one of, one of Linklater's films. Sorry, you just froze for a bit for me. Oh, I did? Yeah, just when you were about something a little bit lighter. Oh, I'll, I'll start over. Okay, so yeah. Three, three, two, one. Well, anyway, let's move on to something a little lighter, question mark. Uh, <laughs> this is Bernie. This was directed by Richard Linklater. We all know who he is. He actually has a movie out, Apollo 10 and a half. So I, I've been meaning to watch that, but Rachel, I know you were really high on that. So good. I loved it. Yeah, it doesn't have a ton of plot. So people that don't, they get annoyed about that. Uh, won't like it but i i just thought it was so lovely i really enjoyed it anyway very nostalgic anyway what did you think about bernie so bernie this was a very weird movie (laughs) yeah i did it i liked it i enjoyed it but it was extremely strange i mean everything about it was kind of weird and and i couldn't tell whether the whether Linklater was criticizing all the townspeople for the fact that they still like Bernie or he was making fun of them, mocking yeah. them, kind of maybe a little both. It's, yeah, it, it does seem like a little bit of both because Shirley MacLaine's character in the movie is, well, not exactly a good person. It's just Bernie is so nice to everyone that it just in, it's in his nature to be that way. But I guess even the nice ones, even they have their limits. Yeah, and I, I do think there's something about people that are sort of nice to older people like that, that you don't see it that often, unfortunately. And uh, people can forgive a lot of uh, for someone that's, that's kind to that's seemingly kind at least and that can lead to some troubles and that's basically that's definitely what you have here is uh i mean he claims that he was kind of manipulated controlled by this woman uh but that seems hard to believe when i mean he's a when she's an older woman it seems like he could just leave at any time but uh i don't know what do you think of it I quite enjoy this one. Yeah. I I haven't seen all of Linklater's movies. I do need to get on top of that, but it is one of my favorites that I have seen of him. I love Jack Black. I mean, Jack Black is just 
he just seems like a quality human being, like just in general, just in acting wise. It, I forgot that Shirley MacLaine was in this and I was like, oh wait, I, and it was like after I recommended it to you, I was like, oh crap, Shirley MacLaine is in this and I know that she loves her. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see what she think, thinks of her. But, uh, uh, but she's played a curmudgeon before in like Steel Magnolias and, and other films. So it's not totally kind of outside of her character. And then there's Matthew McConaughey who basically plays himself, but it's always nice to see him. And it's mm-hmm. nice, nice that he and Linklater are getting back together. I believe they were, they did Dazed and Confused together. If memories. Dazed and Confused. Uh, yeah, well, Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking Jack Black. Uh, yeah, Matthew McConaughey is in Dazed and Confused. That's when he says, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> that, and that's followed him for the rest of his life. Did you buy it, though, that he was, that he, he had no, you know, like no choice, that she was controlling him and manipulating him, like he, he claimed? I mean, he willingly entered the relationship. He could find a way to willingly exit the relationship. So I find it hard to believe. However, like like I said, I, I think it's just, I think it's weird. Like, like it's, it's, it's not a case of one side is clearly right and one side is clearly wrong. Even though Bernie did a bad thing, it is, it's just, it, it, it's nuanced. It's complicated. Why do you think people liked him so much? Like I said, he was like, he was the nicest guy. He treated everyone with respect, even though he was a mortician, a very rough job. I know a mortician and it's like preparing dead bodies. I mean, yeesh. So like, like just treating everybody like with the respect that they deserve, just, I mean, that's yeah. one thing that I do. But it's just, maybe that's the reason why. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what do you think of the whole format of it? It's kind of quasi-documentary, quasi-fiction. I, I think I could kind of take it or leave it. I think it it works for a story like this. I feel like I Tanya might have done something similar. If my That's if my memory comparison. serves me right. That's a good comparison because that also takes it. Kind of has a sarcastic style and takes a an unlikable person and tries to uh, shed some light on on them, tries to see another side. Yeah, I mean, this is so different than anything I've ever seen from Linklater, which is really interesting. I mean, his, his movies do sometimes have sort of a darker edge to them, even something like Days of Confused, but, but they're still always usually uh, more grounded than this. This is just so weird. <laughs> he usually just, he doesn't have weird movies usually. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, it's a very interesting film from him. I'm glad I finally saw it because I'd heard a lot about it. Yeah, and it's one, like I said, it's one of the ones I've actually seen. I There, there are some like the before movies that I have never seen and I do need to get on top of that. Next time we do a swap, uh, you have to remind me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those totally. are so good. But uh, but cool. anyway, let's close things out by talking about Demolition Man. This is where would you put Bernie in your ranking of the five? Oh, this would be uh, this would be five for okay. me. Okay. 
But, uh, but anyway, let's dig into Demolition Man. And this is the one that I was most intrigued to see what your reaction to this would be, because this is similar to Starship Troopers. Uh, Paul Verhoeven did not direct this, but it's similar in that you think it's just Stallone and Snipes, like just shooting at each other and dropping one-liners. There's a lot of that. However, there's actually quite a bit under the surface here. And in certain aspects, this movie has reflected our times almost a little too well. That's all I will say here and now. But what did you think? Yeah, this is the first one that I watched and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I'm, I'm not that big of a sci-fi person, you know that, mm. but because uh, sometimes they can be kind of boring to me, but this one, it wasn't boring. It clipped along nice. It kept surprising. It kept changing. The whole premise is really fun. The world building is really fun. Just like little things like the fact that they, the only restaurant left is Taco Bell. Like things like that. <laughs> it's really funny. And I'm, I'm uh, like, I, I feel like this did a better job uh, than Starship Troopers of surprising me. And, and I don't know, to me, it was more fun than, than Starship Troopers. I know your girl Sandy B was in there. I, I'm sure that yes. must be pleasant. One of her first, I think one of her first blockbuster roles. Yeah, that does that sound did. about right. And yeah, the whole, the way that uh, like sex has changed <laughs> and that whole scene I thought was, was really funny. Um, Alone doing knitting will never not be weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see. I'm looking at her... Um, so it was, yeah, it was before Speed. It was before While You Were Sleeping. Uh, so it was one of her first. There was Love Potion number nine. It was 92. And then this was 93. So. Yeah. And um, how did you think, how do you think this movie has aged? Because it definitely has like thoughts about like, PC type of stuff. It's interesting, like because this is one of those movies, like I said, where where there's a lot lurking underneath. So, what did you think? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I feel like it's interesting that you you have some of those elements of like certain people calling certain parts of the culture almost like it's almost like a woke kind of a thing and cancel culture and stuff like that is kind of in here with this. Uh, and then, of course, you have Stallone's character who has been uh, against his will, uh, uh, frozen, basically. And so he comes out with his like 90s morality into this, uh, into sort of almost like a modern morality. So there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff with that going on there. And, uh, but it doesn't ever forget to be a fun blockbuster at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And before we close things out, what's your theory on the three seashells? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Demolition Man, context in case no one here has seen it, but in Demolition Man, there is a scene where, where Stallone goes to use the bathroom and he's like, you guys are out of toilet paper. And Rob Schneider's like, <laughs> he doesn't know about the three seashells. And it's one of those things where it's never explained and people are confounded as to what the three seashells mean. I remember watching an interview of where Sandra Bullock was on the red carpet for Gravity. I believe it was Gravity, 
where she was asked about the three seashells. So it's taken on a life of its own. Oh, gosh. It's so funny. I'm just looking at this now that she was nominated for a Razzie for this movie. Oh, I completely disagree with that. Crazy. I mean, come on. Come yeah. on. Come no, on that's Golden. funny. <laughs> come on, Golden Raspberries. What are you doing? <laughs> But, uh, so so where would this one be in your ranking? Uh, this would number be five. number two. So Logan one, Demolition Man two. Let me think about what my ranking would be. So we have Starship Trooper would be my number five. Mm. Then we need to talk about Kevin, probably four, just if we're talking my personal enjoyment. Because <laughs> it was so stressful. Uh, and then... Probably Bernie, number three. And then mm, probably Logan and then Demolition Man. That's probably my number one. That's a that's pretty close to mine. So we are almost simpatico. So I put on let me check and see uh if um we got I got any um any answers I put on my Twitter. Um, so Greg Price, he said his, his order is Logan, Starship Troopers, Demolition Man, Bernie, and we need to talk about Kevin. And then James uh, Butts, he says Demolition Man, Starship Troopers, Logan, and then I do not know anything about the other two. He says, Demolition Man is an incredibly brilliant satire and is the best of the bunch. Starship Trooper suffers in com com comparison because they never winked at their own over-the-top nature, but still good. Logan wallows in its darkness and felt contrived at times, but worked pretty well. So, there we go. <laughs> no, I, oh, we I got do, a quote tweet. I do oh, agree. You. I do agree with with that with those words from greg and others yeah cool good well thank you i appreciate it. that's part of the fun of this is getting challenged and uh it was a lot of fun uh get out of my comfort zone uh so thank you and uh, i'll look forward to my my next turn <laughs> very good so if you're listening let us know what you think of these five films where you would how you would rank them uh, if you've seen them, we would love to hear your thoughts in the comments or on Twitter. And, uh, and Ryan, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. There's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called RyanCam. Um, by the time this episode drops, I will have dropped my Twilight Zone vlog for the Christmas special, The Night of the Meek, which is one of the Twilight Zone's very best episodes. And that's going to be fun to talk about. Uh, Jacob and I are going to be dropping Life in the Movies uh, on Wednesday. We're going to be talking about Easter movies. And speaking of Easter, Rachel is going to be joining me on a video for Easter Sunday. We're going to be talking about the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So that's going to be that's going to be quite a bit of fun. And I'll be covering a couple of new releases. I believe coming to me is. Let me look at the board. Da, 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 da. Oh shoot! Um, I just had a brain fart. Hang on, I'll I'll edit this. I'll edit this portion out. 
oh, that's it. And I'll be talking about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore when it comes out. I'm not looking forward to it. I've heard good things, but these Fantastic Beasts movies have just not really been doing it for me. So if you haven't checked me out, please do. Yeah, I also definitely follow. It's so much fun. And uh, you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And you can check out all of our Hidden Gems episodes in the uh, description. I'll have a link. I uh, would love for you to take a look. And if you have any suggestions of what you'd like us to talk about, which streaming service or uh, that you'd like to talk about next, we'd love to hear about that. And you, you make sure to also follow me on Homeworkies Podcast. Got lots of fun stuff going on over there. Had a very, very good uh, month of Homework movies. So we got a lot of good coverage going on uh, over at Homeworkies Podcast. So check that out. And thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.